0: Welcome to in the dark or welcome back to in the dark if you're a return listener. Uh <clears throat> if you guys hear any kind of an announcement thing type thing on the in the background going on, there's some kind of a game going on close to my area where I live and it is um there's some kind of a, an announcer so if you hear some weird background noise, that's what it is. And um also it's raining, which I love. You, everybody knows I love the rain. I just I wanted to tell you guys that Robin is coming back on this week, and she actually Pat her husband has also agreed to do the show. We haven't set up a time or day yet, but we're we're gonna get that done. Uh, Robin's definitely coming on. We're also setting up a Q and A type thing for the listeners. Um, if you guys have any questions for me or for Robin, please send them in to in the dark, two thousand twenty one at gmail.com. Or you can, you can you know, post them up on YouTube. Um, you can, you know, I've, I've gotten some voice messages for the podcast here on the podcast channels. Only thing with the voice messages is I can't respond. I can get them though. So if you guys want to send voice messages, please feel free to send them. Just know that I can't respond to those messages that I can see. I, I don't see anywhere where it allows you to respond. So, um, but I do, I do get them. I think at least I've gotten them so um, wanted to encourage you guys to send in those questions Uh, Robin says you know and I'm gonna say this as well that you know there's things we don't know we're not experts she has a great deal of experience with the cryptids I've got a lot of experience with paranormal Um, she also has paranormal experiences and this week when she comes on, I'm gonna to try to get her to delve into that, as well, because you know we both have had a little bit of everything, but she really gets hit with the cryptid aspect of this, um, especially since she lives right around really heavily wooded areas. So feel free to please, you know, send those um, questions in. Um, I'm gonna get back into the Ted Gunderson talks. Talks. This is part three of this little series that I began and I want to, you know, get this wrapped up. I, I, am going to have one more part of this after this. So anybody that doesn't know who Gunderson was, um, who's just starting to tune into my channel now and hasn't listened to the past episodes about him. He was an ex FBI agent who worked for the FBI for 30 years. He was one of the heads of the FBI very credible man, very respected. Um, He had been in charge of one of the um, sectors in Los Angeles and before that in Dallas as well. So he just, he loved his job, worked for them for a lot of years, very respected, and it wasn't until he retired and he was asked to help with a case the Jeffrey McDonald case, where the, um, I think he was a Green Beret that had murdered his wife and child or children, that Gunderson had his eyes open to the corruption that's actually in the FBI and the government and this, the Satanism and stuff that's going around in our country and around the world. And he became a whistleblower and decided to spend his life, you know, championing the people. Of the United States and around the world, and getting this information out there to us, even though it could have cost him his life, his family's life. You know, he had threats on his life, he had bank accounts frozen, he was followed, he was shot at, uh, threatened you name it. And this is how he spent <laughs> his retirement. <clears throat> so please take this into consideration. If you're somebody that's a doubter, or, you know, likes to scream conspiracy theorists, that type of stuff. Just, you know, just try to listen and open your your uh heart up to your heart, your ears, your eyes, up to what what's going on here. So Gunderson had been in charge of the FBI, like I had said, first in Dallas, and then he went to Los Angeles. He got to thinking about the Jack Kennedy assassination after he started learning about the government corruption and started looking into that. He learned through his investigation of it that it was a joint hit by the CIA and the Chicago mob. No question about it. It's it's pretty odd to you know find out that you know it's one thing to hear that the Chicago mob had put a hit out on the president of the United States and killed him. But to find out that the CIA was also involved is uh, pretty unsettling. I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name that well, but uh, Sam Jean Giacana was one of the heads of the mob for Lycosa Nastia. Three days before, he was to testify before Congress about this case. He was shot and killed, murdered. So this encouraged Gunderson to do even more checking into these national terrorist acts that have taken place and other cover-ups in the United States. Gunderson interviewed the Naval intelligence officer who on December 4th, 1941 received info that, that the Japanese were going to bomb Pearl Harbor. We had broken the secret code of the Japanese. The officer told Gunderson personally that he had given the info to his superiors on December 4th. They passed it up the line. After Pearl Harbor, he was subpoenaed to testify before Congress. His boss then called him into his office and said, Don't worry about that. Don't respond to this subpoena. Someday you'll know why. So he never testified. And he probably never found out why. Waco then took place. The military was involved in destroying, shooting, and killing women and children, and also the FBI was involved as well. They used tanks, military tanks, in violation of the of the posse comitatus, which is the law that says the military cannot be used to enforce the civilian population. They got away with it. There's a law that says they can't do it. They did it, and they walked away, and nothing was ever done. In his research Gunderson found in Waco, uh, there were four BATF agents who were shot and killed. Some of the Branch Davidians were tried and sentenced for these, quote, murders and are serving prison sentence terms probably for life. In researching the four BATF agents who were shot, Gunderson learned that every one of them was shot in the head. For those of you who have been in the military, that's a sniper shot. No question about it. One of them, in fact, the bullet went from above the top of their head down through his lip down on through his body, probably from a helicopter from above. (laughs) All four of the BATF agents had been former bodyguards for former President Bill Clinton. It's amazing how one person can make such a difference in the world. For some reason, I was thinking about, you know, when I just read Bill Clinton, I thought one person you know, people, you know, we all think with like this mass mentality that we're like this large group together, you know, brothers and sisters filling the earth. It, it takes one person to be president, one person to be a whistleblower, you know, one person to be a, an assassin, you know, one person to be the Queen of England one person to make a huge difference in this world. People don't understand how important they are. Each and every one of us, how important we are, how influential we could be, how any help that we give, anything that we run for, anything that we decide to do, whether it's good or bad, good or evil, you know, positive or negative, how it affects people. One word, one sentence could send somebody to commit suicide. Think about that stuff. Um, Ruby Ridge. Randy Weaver was set up by a BATF agent. BATF, by the way, stands for Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Farms. He was set up by an informant from... BATF he bought a shotgun that was a quarter of an inch too short by law they arrested him served him with a warrant to appear before the courts they say he refused and they sent an army after him let me tell you he didn't refuse Randy Weaver was sent a court date to appear and then the court date was changed he didn't receive it in time and that's what caused all this. This is what caused these, this army to be sent out after him. Uh, Horiyuchi was the FBI agent, sharpshooter that shot and killed his wife. And also Randy Weaver's 14-year-old son was killed that day too. And I think there was um, some other people. She, the wife was standing in the doorway. And she was shot and killed by this Horiuchi that used to brag about what a great shot he was. There's a lot more to that story as well. but if you get into the real story and not what the uh, you know CIA or FBI wanted you to believe, you learn there's a lot to this. So he didn't just appear, he didn't just refuse to appear. he, he just the, the date was changed. So this was another instance where they lied about and tried to railroad another good, loyal American who fell into a trap. He was also um, ex-military as well. He moved out to the country to get away from it all. And, you know, if you want to research that case, it would be a good case to research. The one that, that really stands out, always stood out to me, was the the great conspiracy what they call it 1993 new york times copy fbi informant came out on october 28th 1993 car bombing of the world trade center many this one always stuck stuck with me for some reason i don't know why it just it really made you think oh my god here now i'm getting a phone call great <laughs> got to get a grip on this, (laughs) this phone situation. I have a very busy life and a busy phone. I don't know what it is. Um, so the car bombing of the world trade center, this was, like I said, this was something that really stuck out for me. I, this was just, I don't know. There was something about this in the McVeigh case, Timothy McVeigh. I remember Mm -hmm. the day Mm -hmm. that Timothy McVeigh was being put to death. And I remember something ran, my blood just ran cold that day. I don't know what it was. It was some kind of a weird connection. I felt, you know, not to him personally, but just knowing that there was something really off. And I was so, I was much younger and I don't even, it was like maybe my psychic senses were picking up on something, but really, really bothered me. I was just really bothered by that. It was like I knew they were putting somebody that was, you know, innocent, to death or something was just not right with the case so um, many don't know about this one or it's been forgotten about because you don't hear a lot of people talk about this so in this article the New York Times it was reported from the trial that took place an FBI informant named Salam Salam I don't know how you pronounce it S-A-L-E-M Salam Was in among the terrorists, testified he was commissioned by the terrorists to put the car bomb together to bomb the World Trade Center in February of 1993. Fortunately for him, when he met with the terrorists, he wore a body mic so he could record every word that was said. You got to understand this is an FBI agent, okay? He was, you know, he was put in there. To basically spy. Um, So he recorded every word by the terrorist. He was commissioned to put the bomb together. Unknown to the FBI. When he met with the FBI, he also wore a body mic. That was probably what kept him from being set up and framed and sent to prison. This was in the newspaper article. He went to his FBI superiors and said, I've been commissioned to put the bomb together. We're going to use a dummy bomb. Correct? This is what he asked them. He was, he was, you know, ensuring that they weren't going to be using a real bomb. They said, no, we're going to use a real bomb. Now, I don't understand why Congress and Senate investigators and our leaders in Washington, D.C., we're not freaking out over this situation. There's something so sinister going on here, so deeply corrupted. These people, beings, whatever, or whoever they are, get away with anything and everything. It's so big. goes so deep. It's worldwide. It's like an unstoppable, criminal worldwide enterprise of beings pulling every string imaginable. The FBI not only knew in advance about the car bombing they furnished the ingredients the information comes out and what's done about it nothing just swept under the rug it's all it's all a show it's a freaking show (laughs) hang tight I'll return in a moment Hey guys, before I take a short break here, a short moment, I um, need to um, correct something. The BATF stands for Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, not farms. They have actually added the word explosives to the title and they title it differently at times. Sometimes they will say ATF, sometimes they'll call it BATF, and sometimes they'll call it B A T B A T F E, So I just wanted to make that correction with you. Okay. It's unbelievable how much of this is swept under the rug. These hearings, they hold, you know, it's all for show. It's a freaking show. They know nothing's going to come of it. They do it for us. To put on an act to to make us believe that they're really trying to, to you know, find out what's going on. They're they're doing these big investigations, trying to make you know the people think that yeah they're really gonna check it. You know, it's like it's like the missing people, the people that go that, that go missing in the woods and around the world. You know they know damn well what's going on. They know they're being abducted by E.T.s, by cryptids. You know, they send out all these these huge teams of, of searchers. You know, the FBI gets dropped in on occasion. Nobody knows why the FBI is there. You know, the CIA might show up, men in black. They know perfectly well what's going on. They know perfectly well they're probably not going to find the people. And if they do, they're not going to be alive. There are times they're alive, but most of the time they're not. You know? It's, it's crazy. It's all for show. You know, why doesn't somebody take some action? Why didn't somebody take action in this case? You know, why doesn't somebody start a major honest-to-God investigation on the international kidnapping ring being operated by the CIA? I call it the child and prisoner abduction ring, C-I-A-R. That's what I started to call it. You know Why are these congressmen voting on bills like the Patriot Act and others that take away many of our constitutional rights and civil liberties in the best interest of, quote, protection for our country and protection from the terrorists? Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. There are people in our government, possibly a rogue outfit, maybe not rogue, maybe just full-blown part of our government, who are actually behind these terrorist acts. And more and more people are facing that truth. It's amping up. You can feel it. And the reason they're behind these terrorist acts, let me say that again, the reason they're behind these terrorist acts is so they can pass bills like the Patriot Act, stripping us of every right they can, one by one, little by little, and on and and on, and on, baby steps, they take little acts here, raise prices a little bit there, up and up and up they go, on and on it goes, because nobody says much when it's just little things, you know, it's just one act, it's just one price that's hiked, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hike it 10 cents this year, 20 cents next, Little by little, rights are being taken away, prices are going up, and all of it's being st- swept under the rug. Do you still believe that these people are just humans? That they're so dedicated? You know, there's a, what is it like, a, we live to be 60, 80 years old, they're this dedicated. There's a battle. A war going on for a very, very long time. And this is not just about the human beings who live, like I said, from 60 to 80. You know, that's the average lifespan and age. Think again. Blood sacrificing is still going on today? For anybody that says, you know, that this isn't a spiritual war, that... You know this is you know there's a separation between cryptids, between the government, between saintness. There's no separation. It's all biblical, and the reason the senators and congressmen vote for these bills. Hear me now, okay. The reason the senators and the congressmen are voting for these bills—bills they don't even read by the way, and they make them so long they don't even want to read them. It's because they've been set up and framed, fallen for the trap set to own them, to do these evil beings bidding, set up through sex and drugs. That's why. That's why they're voting for them. So let's move on to the Oklahoma City 1995, Gunderson personally had made two trips to Oklahoma City and investigated Oklahoma City. And because of his report, the defense attorney for Tim McVeigh sent two of his investigators to interview Gunderson, who spent four hours with them. They told Gunderson they were allowed to tour the remains of the... Oh God! Mur building, in Oklahoma City, in the presence of a U.S. marshal, but they were not allowed to take um, samples, soil samples, under any circumstances, or to pick up any evidence for examination. Stephen Jones was their attorney. Gunderson had heard they were going to tear down the building. Now you can trace bombs through what they call the. Targets for chemicals. When he heard that, the, uh, that he called – I'm sorry, God, I can't talk. When Gunderson had heard that they were going to tear down the building, he called John to camp and told John they had to prevent that building from coming down. Um, he called an outfit in Chicago with the Pat Kennedy Group who were specialists in examining evidence of that type. John called McVeigh's attorney – John had a client he was representing who was involved in the case. John said he would handle the paperwork and they would have a hearing to prevent the building from coming down. The next thing they heard, the building was coming down anyway. John called Jones and asked what was going on, but Jones had no good answer for them. That was evidence. Gunderson had been to many crime scenes and he knew it was critical that the evidence be preserved. That was a huge cover-up. McVeigh wrote a letter to his sister. McVeigh was in Special Forces. The government had said he had flunked out. He didn't flunk out. He had been recruited out of Special Forces. According to the letter he wrote his sister and trained to be a CIA assassin and also to work for the CIA international drug operation, both against the competition and for the competition. One world Bullshit agenda going on here. It's all an illusion. The CIA drug people, the pro-drug people that work in the CIA. I mean, just think about that. In Gunderson's opinion, McVeigh was a mind-control victim. He was visited in prison in Oklahoma and in Colorado by Dr. Jolly West. And this was secret. Gunderson happened to find out because he had made some phone calls to the right people. Jolly was Jolly West was one of the foremost leaders along with Sidney Gottlieb and the CIA's MKUltra Mind Control Operation. They were mm. the um Jolly West mm. and Sidney Gottlieb were basically like heads of it of the, of the MK ultra mind control operation. So why would somebody like Jolly West go interview McVeigh, not only in Oklahoma, but also in Colorado during the trial because he was a mind control victim himself. At one time it was reported in the U S news and world report that McVeigh had a microchip in his buttocks. Our military had reportedly been using microchips to keep track of their soldiers. The bomb in the truck allegedly was a fertilizer bomb. The government first announced that it was a 1,500-pound bomb, then it went to being a 2,500-pound bomb, and then it ended up with them claiming it was a 4,800-pound bomb, which was in the truck, that destroyed the the hall, or half the building, I'm sorry. So this bomb, is 4,800 pound, alleged 4,800 pound bomb, destroyed half of the building, which is a lot. A 4,800 pound ammonia nitrate fertilizer bomb dissipates and did not have the potential or the possibility of destroying that much of the building. After the Oklahoma City bomb went off, Gunderson got a call from a friend of his, Michael uh, these names, some of these names were, were um, he called Gunderson. He had worked with Michael since the early 18, 1980s, 1982 to be exact, when he first met him. He was a CIA agent and operative for two decades for, for two decades, and more and was also an FBI informant at one point. His father owned the Hercules Manufacturing in Silicon, California, which developed what is known as the electro hydro Gaseous Fuel Device, which is a highly classified bomb. The bomb was actually manufactured by Dynamo Bell out of Salt Lake City. Michael had ended up in jail because he had started to talk before the Brooks Committee about a very interesting case involving the Promise Software. I'm just going to give you a little um, back info on Michael here so you know who he is. So he had ended up in jail over the Promise Software. The Promise Software was a computer operation that developed all kinds of intelligence and information on you and I and every citizen in America. The Department of Justice leased it for two years, and at the end of two years they refused to pay Bill and Nancy Hamilton the $10 million they owed them. Then the Department of Justice, through Earl Bryan, who was the past president of the United Press International took that computer and sold it around the world to the French, English, Israelis, Canadians, etc. Unknown to the officials in these foreign countries, there was a trap door in the computer. Very clever, huh? The trap door secretly allowed the United States government to retrieve all the info they developed. Like all these countries, anything they developed, the trap door let us know what it was. Pretty crazy stuff. Just a whole lot of wow going on, isn't it? (laughs) It's it's just crazy stuff. Just a bunch of BS. The beings that had all of this already know all this info. You know, it's all for show. So Michael Ricanosudo was the CIA agent who developed the trapdoor in the promised software computer. And when Congress started, you know, I got to say, you can't feel too sorry that the guy's in prison falsely, after he did something like that, he developed a software that spies on every one of us. And we're supposed to feel sorry for him. You know, even if he was falsely put in prison, I mean, don't you think in a way he got his, his just desserts? So when Congress started to investigate it in the late 1980s, they called on Michael to testify. Michael received a threatening phone call two weeks before he was to testify. He claimed from a fellow named Peter Vietnicka, v- 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 maybe Vietnickx, from my writing is terrible. I really have to get my writing under control. Uh, from He was from the U.S. Department of Justice who threatened, if you testify, you'll be sorry. Michael testified anyway. And a few weeks later, he was arrested for drugs and is now serving a 30-year prison sentence. I don't know how much of that he's still serving, but that's what he was sentenced to and was in prison for that. And he probably served or is serving the entire sentence because he dared to expose these nefarious activities by this criminal enterprise operating within the confines of the United States government. So he exposed them and they threw his butt in jail for 30 years. And they threw him in jail for drugs. So, like I said, not to get off on another person, but a little background on Michael was needed so you understood who Michael is. He he has credibility, even though he developed the software and was a piece of garbage in my opinion. So Michael called Gunderson right after the Oklahoma City bombing went off. And he said, Ted, that's my bomb. Called him from, from prison, meaning Hercules developed it. Uh, That was not an ammonia nitrate bomb. When that bomb was tested in 1982, Gunderson was with a group of intelligence agents waiting for the results of that test. Get this. It was tested in Area 51. Kind of goes through you a little bit. It was underestimated because the power of that bomb was so powerful that two of the technicians died. They underestimated the strength of it. This Barometric bomb, according to Michael, was what was in the vehicle, not a fertilizer bomb. Gunderson had an Oklahoma City report on that as well. Gunderson went on to the Piccaninny Arsenal in New Jersey and gave them the contract number, which he had obtained through a science magazine one of his associates had done the research on for Gunderson. It's publicly available info, by the way. The Piccaninny Arsenal came back with... There's no such contract, even though Gunderson had the contract right before him. It's documented in Gunderson's report. He then went to Dynamo Bell, who he knew manufactured it, and they didn't even bother to respond back to Gunderson. Yet, one of their people testified at the grand jury when they indicted McVeigh. Get this. In September of 1995, some five or six months after the bombing, in the Fireman's Magazine, there was an article written by the editor. The information was obtained from the Oklahoma City Fire Department. In that article, it states that four unexploded devices, this is what got me about the case, by the way, four unexploded devices were taken out of the building. When people were in the building after the bombing, took place, dying. So they're in the building laying there dying. They discontinued the rescue efforts for some five hours while they carried out a bunch of government files. Men in blue suits, sweatsuits of some sort, did this. Oklahoma City was perpetrated by certain people other than McVeigh and Nichols. I can tell you that. Roger Moore, the gun dealer from Arkansas who claims he was robbed of his guns and that money was used to finance the Oklahoma City bombing. Moore was at that point accused by Terry Nichols of being involved in it. Moore denied it, of course. Moore, at the time of the bombing, was an FBI informant. Gunderson had one inside investigator of Oklahoma City bombing tell him that there were... At least eleven other individuals involved in the Oklahoma City bombing. These people or beings are destroying people's lives. They don't think twice about it. They're pure evil. These names of these companies, organizations—you know, FBI, CIA, and Health Row and IRS—they all seem to be synonymous with evil, with corruption, with so much power that we feel powerless against them. They're so protected and they can, be, they can basically do whatever the hell they want. So that will bring us up to 9 which I will get into in the next episode. So stay tuned. Come back or, you know, make sure you guys catch all this. The web just keeps growing. Holes keep keep getting deeper, whatever you want to say, however you want to put it. It's some crazy stuff, guys. You have a great day. I'll be talking to you soon. Say your prayers. Stay safe. God bless you all. Take care. (laughs)